back to Zion's Redemption Radio Network. Today we're going to be covering cancer, cancer, surgical operations, and chemical pollutants, pages 58 through 66 of the Four Crafts. I originally recorded this about four months ago and found that it was taken down. Maybe it was one of those glitches again. This is the second one that I've found in this series. Excuse me. That has been deleted for some reason. And I know why. Because they don't want you to know about these things. So what we're going to do is we're going to play the reader portion of the program. Which is about 15 minutes long. And then I'm going to read it with commentary after we get through the reader program. If you want to skip this part of the program, just uh, fast forward about 16, 17 minutes into the program. I do this because some people just want their reading without my commentary. And some people like the reading, my reading it with the commentary. So... I'm trying to help people get the information. So anyway, here is this uh, reader portion of this program. And my three-year-old son just came upstairs. It is 7.47 in the morning. And I'm going to get him some food while this is recording. (laughs) Hi, Arius. Do you want to say hi? Okay, I'll help you in a minute, okay? All right, this is the <clears throat> this is the reader portion. Thank you for listening. Cancer, surgical operations and chemical pollutants, pages 58 to 66 of Four Crafts. It is unbelievable to realize that research has discovered the deadly sources of cancer, but comparatively little has been done about curing it. With all the advancements in medical research, cancer cases continue to increase. At the Berkeley Laboratories N-Dash. Studies had proven conclusively that untreated cancer victims actually live up to four times longer than treated individuals. For a typical type of cancer, people who refuse treatment live an average of 12 and a half years. Those who accepted surgery and other kinds of treatment lived an average of only three years. I attribute this to the traumatic effect of surgery on the body's natural defense mechanism. The body has a natural type of defense against every type of cancer. In February, 1988, the National Cancer Institute released its definitive report, summarizing the war against cancer. It reported that over the past 35 years, both the overall incidence and death rates from cancer have increased, despite advances in detection and treatment. The problem may be that, just as in other wars we have engaged in the 20th century, too many of those on our side are actually working for the enemy. 
The American Cancer Society receives multi-millions of dollars annually and yet it has continued to pile up a stunning record of non-accomplishment, and as one critic said it received millions for research, but not one cent for a cure. So why would these organizations want to try very hard to find a means for stopping their lucrative business? It is well known that they have refused and suppressed many products and processes which have the probability of curing cancer, such as Litreal. Huge donations, grants, and subsidies are absorbed mostly in administration costs. Because the fight against cancer is totally controlled by the Rockefeller medical monopoly, grants are routinely awarded which are nothing more than rips. Dr. Ralph Moss, who had met much success in cancer research, wrote a book called The Cancer Syndrome, which exposed this great fraud behind the people and organizations set up to cheat Americans of their money, rather than find a cure for cancer. The late Senator Hubert Humphrey, who died of cancer, was given doctor-recommended chemotherapy treatments, which he called bottled death. That certainly proved true for him. It is expensive and painful for the victim, lucrative for the medical profession, and frequently ineffective as a cancer cure. It is interesting to note that only 4% of the nation's medical schools offer a course in diet and nutrition, which is the best known prevention and cure of cancer. Surgical operations It has frequently been proved that many operations are performed without real cause. Dr. Robert S. Mendelssohn noted that in 1975, 787,000 women had hysterectomies, and that 1,700 of them died as a result of this surgery. He believes that half of these women could have been saved, as their surgery was needless. Most heart pacemakers may be unneeded. More than half are not clearly beneficial. Conservative estimates in Dash such as that made by Congressional Subcommittee in Dash say that about 2.4 million operations performed every year are unnecessary, and that these operations cost $4 billion and 12,000 lives, or 5% of their quarter million deaths following or during surgery each year. The Independent Health Research Group says the number of unnecessary operations is more than 3 million. And various studies have put the number of useless operations between 11 and 30%. My feeling is that somewhere around 90% of surgery is a waste of time, energy, money, and life. One study, for example closely reviewed people who were recommended for surgery. Not only did they find that most of them needed no surgery, but fully half of them needed no medical treatment at all. Chemical pollutants, chemical fertilizers and food sprays have played a major part in causing health problems. The average American consumes more than 5,000 chemical additives each year, totaling about 9 pounds in the annual consumption of food. These enter the body in the form of preservatives, dyes, emulsifiers, antioxidants, flavors, buffers, moisteners, anti-caking substances conditioners, theokinas, sweeteners, fortifiers and a host of others. But a member of the medical profession is always there to give more chemicals to the patient in order to cure the side effects caused from ingesting other chemicals. In the Washington Post, January the 23rd 1988, it stated that 60,000 chemicals are in use and only 2% have been tested for toxicity. Government programs such as the EPA spend billions on preserving fowl and fish, but turn their heads at the 100 million sick Americans that are partakers of acceptable chemical pollutants. The AMA and other medical organizations have tried to ignore the problem of increasing chemical pollutants. 
It seems that chemicals in society are now hopelessly married in a deteriorating fraternity. Chemicals, like prescription drugs, is a big business, taking in billions of dollars annually. Not just the scientists, but also the doctors are converted to the slogan, better living through chemistry. The final answer health does not begin or end with the doctor. His place is somewhere in between. He still has a place in our society, and we cannot deny that frequently he serves an important and crucial role. If doctors had not been a help to society, they could never have gained the power and influence that they have. However, the ideal situation would be that each patient study true and reputable books on good health and nutrition, and learn for himself if or when he needs a doctor. The final responsibility rests with the individual patient, not with the doctor. Doctors seldom believe in or advocate non-drug therapies, and very few physicians know how to treat an ailment without drugs of some kind. Since they have little faith in the healing properties of correct eating habits and medicinal <laughs> herbs, such classes are seldom taught in medical schools. Dr. Mendelssohn said, Doctors don't know enough about nutrition and lifestyle to really show a patient how to make a useful change. Maybe one doctor in 50 knows. Many patients believe that good sense dictates the avoidance of drugs when possible, but this creates a conflict with their doctors, so the patient must make a choice. Since they are paying big money for the doctor's services and advice, they feel compelled to do as he instructs. It is only when the doctor has given up on a terminally ill patient, that some patients will turn to natural means of healing as a last resort. Dr. Mendelssohn observed, non-drug healers are regarded as belonging to a different religious system and are thought of as quacks, nuts, or faddists. The religious restrictions are so stringent that doctors are discouraged from even associating with the infidels. The AMA Code of Ethics says that MTs are not supposed to associate with cultists. They're not to talk to them, not to have them in their homes. Those who are concerned with nutrition are labeled faddists, freaks, extremists, radicals, and quacks. Occasionally, they're more correctly referred to as heretics. Oriental medicine, on the other hand, recognizes and utilizes the importance of nutrition in health. If you look at Oriental religion, you'll find that it, too, regards food as important to a person's spiritual welfare. But Western religion, namely Christianity, did exactly what modern medicine did, substituted as an object of reverence a sacramental, symbolic food in place of real food. Perhaps in their zeal to reject the Old Testament dietary laws, some of the early Christian leaders moved too far in the opposite direction and bypassed nutrition altogether. There's no doubt that modern medicine took the hint and carried it to extremes. Obviously, as far as a person's health is concerned, what goes into the mouth is at least as important as what comes out. In fact, what goes in may determine what comes out. Yet if anyone dares to claim that a person is what he or she eats, modern medicine regards them as a heretic or an intellectual weakling. Instead, the food with the sacred power is the drug, the man-made chemical coursing through your veins, for better or for worse. To protect yourself from the pushy priest, you again have to make the heretic's radical leap of unfaith. Don't trust your doctor. Assume that if he prescribes a drug, it's dangerous. There is no safe drug. Eli Lilly himself once said that a drug without toxic effects is no drug at all. 
Every drug has to be approached with suspicion. Most of these people could more effectively lower their blood pressure through relaxation therapy, dietary or lifestyle changes. In one study, relaxation therapy reduced blood pressure faster and farther than drug therapy. Similar studies have shown that weight loss, reduction of salt intake, vegetarian diet, and exercise can also lower blood pressure at least as effectively and certainly more safely than drug therapy. There's little doubt that many patients don't need to lower their blood pressure at all, since as soon as they leave the danger zone of the doctor's office, their blood pressure returns to normal. Dr. Julian Whitaker wrote a book entitled Tomorrow's Medicine Today, exposing many medical frauds. Some of his main findings are worth consideration here. 1. Good nutrition and pure, natural vitamins never hurt anyone. But the FDA forbids vitamin makers and health food stores to tell you about them. When they've tried, FDA stormtroopers have broken down their doors, confiscated their products and put them out of business. 2. In a major study, Boston University researchers found that 36% of hospital admissions are caused by doctors' blunders. 3. FDA-approved drugs kill 140,000 people per year. That's seven times more than die from heroin, crack, and all other illegal drugs put together. And millions of people are living with unpleasant, even dangerous side effects. 4. Even doctors admit that 900,000 unnecessary angiograms are done every year in the US alone. And 4,500 people die needlessly as a result. 5. Each year, 2 million patients pick up hospital infections that they didn't have before they were admitted. Of those, about 60,000 die from the infection. 6. The best kept secret in modern medicine, there is a better way. It just doesn't make any sense to turn your life over to doctors, druggists, hospitals, insurance companies. Especially when it's so easy to get healthy and stay that way, using the natural therapies nature intended for you. Dr. Whitaker has studied and compared natural health foods and medical drugs and has come to the same conclusions that many people in America are discovering and dash good natural food and herbs are the safest and best cures for sickness and disease. Thousands of good books have been written with valid testimonies to prove this point. One should learn to distinguish between the good and bad services and information provided by doctors. They should be recognized as vitally important and even life-saving in the A, B, C's of medicine, which are N-1. Accidents and amputations 2. Broken bones 3. Cuts requiring stitches however, when it comes down to prescription drugs, surgeries, medical procedures, etc., the patient should be very cautious and possibly consider alternative methods. Read again the word of wisdom in section 89 of the Doctrine and Covenants, which was given by the Lord in consequence of evils and designs which do and will exist in the hearts of conspiring men in the last days. Some of these conspiring men have been identified in this Dr. Craft section. In the last analysis, the best prescription we can follow is that issued by the great physician himself, prescription, name, every righteous saint age, any address, Zion 8, today and whosoever among you are sick, and have not faith to be healed, but believe, shall be nourished with all tenderness, with herbs and mild food, and that not by the hand of an enemy. And the elders of the church, two or more, shall be called, 
and shall pray for and lay their hands upon them in my name. And if they die they shall die unto me, and if they live they shall live unto me. And again, verily I say unto you, all wholesome herbs God hath ordained for the constitution, nature, and use of man and dash every herb in the season thereof, and every fruit in the season thereof. All these to be used with prudence and thanksgiving. Refill, PRN and dash as often as needed the great physician MD and to all those that follow this prescription, the Lord gives the promise that the destroying angel shall pass by them, as the children of Israel, and not slay them. Those that follow this prescription, the Lord gives the promise that the destroying angel shall pass by them, as the children of Israel, and not slay them. Deanetsi 89, 21 Okay, so that was the reader portion of the program. Now we'll get into the commentary portion of the program. Cancer, Surgical Operations, and Chemical Pollutants, pages 58 through 66 of the Four Crafts. It is unbelievable to realize that research has discovered the deadly sources of cancer, but comparatively little has been done about curing it. With all the advancements in medical research, cancer cases continue to increase. At the Berkeley Laboratories, studies have proven conclusively that untreated cancer victims usually live up to four times longer than treated individuals. A typical type cancer of cancer, people who refuse treatment live an average of 12 and a half years. Those who accept surgery and other kinds of treatments lived an average of only three years. I attributed this to the traumatic effect of surgery on the body's natural defense mechanisms. The body has a natural type of defense against every type of cancer. In February of, of 18, sorry, 1988, the cancer, National Cancer Institute released a definitive report summarizing the war against cancer. It reported that over the past 35 years, both overall incidence and death rates from cancer have increased despite advancements in, de in, in detection and treatment. And quote, that's from Washington Post, February 9th, 1988. The problem may be that just as in other wars we have engaged in the 20th century, too many of those on our side are actually working for the enemy. And that comes from the same book, um, page 128. The American Cancer Society receives multi-million millions of dollars annually, and yet it has continued to pile up a stunning record of non-accomplishments and as one critic said it received millions for research but not one cent for a cure and quote that's from the same book that we've been quoting from pages 88 and 89 uh, 89 and 90 so why would these organizations want to try very hard to find a, a means for stopping their lucrative business it is well known that they have refused and suppressed many products and processes 
which have the probability of curing cancer, such as, I can't say that word, Eatril, I guess. Huge donations, grants, and subsidiaries are absorbed mostly in administration costs because the fight against cancer is totally controlled by the Rockefeller Medical Monopoly. Grants are routinely awarded, which are nothing more than ripoffs. And that comes from the same book, page 95. Dr. Ralph Moss, who had met much success in cancer research, wrote a book called The Cancer Syndrome, which exposed this great fraud behind the people and the organizations set up to cheat Americans of their money rather than find a cure for cancer. The late Senator Hubert Humphrey, who died of cancer, was given doctor-recommended chemotherapy treatments, which he called bottled death. That certainly proved true for him. It is expensive and painful for the victim, lucrative for the medical profession, and frequently ineffective as a cancer cure. It is interesting to note that only 4% of the nation's medical schools offer a course in diet and nutrition, which is the best known prevention and cure of cancer. Surgical operations. It has frequently been proved that many operations are performed without real cause. Dr. Robert S. Mendelssohn noted that in 1975, 787,000 women had hysterectomies, and of that, 1,700 of them died as a result of this surgery. He believes that half of these women could have been saved as their surgery was needless. Most pacemakers may not be unneeded. More than half are not clearly beneficial. <clears throat> according That's according to the Washington Post, January 21st, 1988. Conservative estimates, such as that made by a congressional subcommittee, say that about 2.4 million operations performed every year are unnecessary and that these operating costs of $4 billion and 12,000 lives or 5% of the quarter million deaths following or during surgery each year. The Independent Health Research Group says the number of unnecessary operations is more than 3 million, and the various studies have put the number of useless operations between 11 to 13%. My feeling is that somewhere around 90% of surgery is a waste of time, energy, money, and life. One study, for example, closely reviewed people who were recommended for surgery. Not only did they find that most of them needed to needed no surgery, but fully half of them needed no medical treatment at all. <clears throat> and we're on page 61 if you're following along. And that's Confessions of a Medical Heretic, pages 49 through 50. Chemical Pollutants Chemical fertilizers and food sprays have played a major part in causing health problems. The American... The average American cons- consumes more than 5,000 chemical additives each year, totaling about 9 pounds in their annual consumption of food. These enter the body in forms of preservatives, dives, dyes, um, 
emucifiers, which uh, I'm looking up here in this dictionary, is a substance that stabilizes an emulsion, in particular a food additive used to stabilize processed foods. Antioxidants, flavors, buffers, moisteners, anti-caking substances, conditioners, thickers, sweeteners, fortifiers, and a host of others. But a member of the medical profession is always there to give more, more chemicals to the patient in order to cure the side effects caused from ingesting other chemicals. In the Washington Post of January 23, 1988, it is stated that 60,000 chemicals are in use and only 2% have been tested for toxicity. Government programs such as the Environmental Protection Agency spend billions on preserving fowl and fish, but turn their heads at the 100 million sick Americans that are partakers of acceptable chemical pollutants. The American Medical Association on other, and other medical organizations have tried to ignore the problem of increasing chemical pollutants. And, like, this is my own commentary, like, of course they're going to ignore it because sick people need them to cure them or to put band-aids on the problem of these other things. And they make money off of it, so why would they say anything? Anyway, continuing on with the reading, we're at 38%. It seems that chemicals in society are now hopelessly married in a deteriorating fraternity. Chemicals like prescription drugs is a big business, taking in billions of dollars annually. Um, It's more of my own commentary. Like, the elite... These, the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds and these, these elite individuals, they believe in global warming, which can be cured or stopped, according to uh, Bill Gates of his um, 2010 conference, Innovate to Zero, which is on YouTube. You can go watch it where if they they want to decrease the uh, global warming, they need to decrease the carbon footprint. And one of the major causes of, of having global warming is overpopulation. So if they can sterilize and kill, soft kill people, then they can bring the world population down and save the earth, right? Well, Bill Gates and his Innovate to Zero conference he talked about through proper health care and vaccinations yes he said vaccinations they were hoping to decrease the population of the world by 10 to 15 percent they said it outright blatant crap this this these theory of these elites well back then we were just under 7 billion people so i'm going to use that number 7 billion people in order to decrease by 10 10 to 15% through proper health care and vaccinations you're looking at at between 700 million to 1.5 billion people dead because of proper health care and vaccinations 
So that's one of the reasons why I refuse to put vaccinations in my body. Um, of course, proper health care is helping me uh, in my chemical poisoning. Um, and like, I don't really know what else to do about what I'm like, what I, how I suffer. And then the other thing too, like, because I fell in that chemical pit back in 2010, um, or 2009, it was, uh, November of 2009, um, I have, uh, my pancreas is screwed up as well as other organs in my body, which causes me a a bunch of different problems. But in order to keep my CDL, I have to keep my diabetes under check. Nobody in my family, on either side of my family, has diabetes. I'm the only one in my whole family, my extended family, all my cousins, aunts, uncles, siblings, parents, none of them have the issues that I have. And it Part of the reason for that is because they didn't fall into a frack pond and get chemical poisoning. But in order for me to keep my diabetes down and my blood sugar down, I have to eat right, which I'm not the greatest at doing. Um, I do really, I do a lot better than I used to do. Anyway, um, and I have to take medication, which it does help me. But I don't know what the side effects long term are going to be, you know, but you know, if I can keep working and support my family, that's what I need to do. So what do you, what do you do? You know, I can't, I don't know what else I would do if I wasn't a truck driver. And this particular business of mine, reading these things onto podcasts pays absolutely no money. It actually costs me money to do this, but I'm willing to do that for one, because God wanted me to do it and he told me to do it. But for two, I like to learn And I feel like doing these podcasts is helping me to learn. It's like when I was in college and I would read the textbooks. I loved college. Um, I would have probably gone on to graduate. I didn't really like the woke crap that was going on in college with the brainwashing that I could see in the textbooks. But I had uh, critical thinking skills and could see through the, the tactics that the universities were using to brainwash young college students which they still do but like I love to learn Uh, that's one of the reasons I do this program these programs I'm learning along with you guys like I'm reading these things and uh, since I love to learn there's a lot of things that I understand and know you know beyond just reading this stuff so I can add commentary to it. And I might not always be right, you know, on on different things, especially statistics and stuff like that. But like God has led me in my life to researching certain topics. Like he'll tell me, okay, I need you to research and study the founding fathers in the U.S. Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Magna Carta, Uh, Now I want you to research history and like I'll have I have had periods in my life where I have spent years on one topic such as um, well like the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and the secret combinations and the Illuminati and the Bilderberg group and the CFR and the 
trilateral trilateral commission. I've gone into deep dives the built uh, the Bohemian Grove. Like I've gone into deep dives on these different topics because that is where the Father has told me to go because He needed me to understand so much. And I, I spent years and years and years, and I would still study the gospel stuff too, but I would study these other topics um, so that I could understand things. At, like, not so I could understand things. It was because the Father told me to do it. But it was so, because he understood I needed to understand certain things. So when I began my ministry, which started in January of 2013, that I would be able to go forth with the information that I had studied throughout the years that the Father had led me to so that when I started teaching, I would be able to have a wealth of knowledge to help people and to share with people, to give people information so that they could be aware of it and so they could go and do a deep dive on their own on different things. Although... um, is my opinion. I think a lot of it is interesting, but I would just warn that if it doesn't have to do with Zion's redemption or getting you to the point where you understand the awful situation that we're in, um, I would suggest that unless you really feel like this is something you really need to study, that you keep your mind on doctrinal things because Satan wants to distract us with all these things. But for myself, I would study these things because the Father told me to and I would continue to study the gospel and ask questions and seek answers and get answers and receive revelations and dreams and visions partly because of who I was before I came to this earth as the witness of the Father and the Son. And part of the reason I've seen them face to face in the flesh is because I am the witness of the Father and the Son. That's why I've had more profound experiences than than anybody else except for Jesus alone. And the things that Jesus saw concerning the Father are not recorded in Scripture. The full details are not there. They were taken out by heretics and apostates in the early church. Um, But I know that Jesus both saw and embraced the Father. The same way that I have seen and embraced both the Father and the Son, which is more than even Moses experienced. And part of my mission is to sound the warning cry to warn the people that a remnant will be awake, completely awake. A lot of people think that they are completely awake. They are partially awake. And there is a lot of deception that Satan is throwing their way because he does not want them to come to a full (laughs) wokeness. <clears throat> the left has used that word and ruined it, but God God wants you to be fully awake. And Satan, he doesn't want you to be fully awake. So he's sending Judas goats out there to 
mislead the people, to distract the people, so that the ones that he that he sees waking up, if he can get these false prophets, these Judas goats, into positions where people will listen to them, then they will follow those people. And he has been quite successful at it. And it has irritated me to no ends. But the father told me, because I was going to curse two of the major ones that I know of. Um, Well, there's more than two, but um, Heavenly Father told me, nope, that he uh, will take care of them when the time comes and that they are in that position to actually sift off those who are not worthy. And there's a lot of things you can learn from them. I learn from them. And then I take it to the Father and I ask him if what I'm learning is true. And here's the thing. There's one particular individual and he pushes this and pushes this and he he like gets on people's logic and everything. Uh, You know, you can't trust your feelings because you were deceived in, in the church and you were deceived by these things and like whatever, because there is emotional manipulation that is going on within the different branches of the restoration, especially in the largest branch of the restoration. But you can't throw away your feelings because as we know, Doctrine and Covenants section 8 and 9, um, it's one of those, and I think they both kind of get into it, but God speaks to your mind and to your heart. So when you go to him and he gives you inspiration and he's speaking to your mind and you're trying to work things out, you use your mind to logically try to figure it out. But then you go to the Father in the name of Jesus Christ. If you lack wisdom, ask God and he will give you wisdom. He will give to to all liberally who come to him that aren't double-minded and that sincerely want to know. And when you go to him and you say, Father, this is what I've been studying out. This is what I believe is true. The Holy Spirit, which is from or that speaks to your heart, mind and heart, will confirm the truth by the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But what these Judas goats do is they say, well, go to the Father and say, Heavenly Father, and ask your question or state your conclusion and and ask for for a revelation or whatever. So then God speaks to your mind and then you say, okay, Heavenly Father, I believe this is from you. And then you use your mind to determine whether or not you are getting a, a, an answer from the Satan or if you're getting an answer from the Father. Well, that's your mind and your mind. And they're trying to trick people into following that method because they are Judas goats. They might even think that they're doing God a service. They are doing a disservice. They're kind of doing a service though because people who are led astray by these people, sometimes they ought to be led astray by these people. But what the Father wants us to do is to study it out, ask for for inspiration, ask for help and knowledge, As you're continuing to study it out, then you come to a conclusion 
after you've actually studied it out, not just taken a, a glance at it, like for me. Okay, so people that want to know if I am a true rep, uh, representative of the Father and the Son or a true witness of the Father and the Son, they'll listen to a couple of podcasts. They might read a little bit of what I say and then they go and they ask and then they don't get an answer. Have they ever interviewed me? Have they ever met my family or my my wife, who is an eyewitness of a bunch of stuff that I can tell you about, but she knows, she has seen? Have they gone beyond just listening to a couple of my programs and they think, oh, that's interesting? You know, some people have just listened to a lot of my programs and they've heard the witness that I share. And uh, one time there was a man who, so my aunt was the first one to receive the revelation that I am one mighty and strong. I did not want to believe it. She kept telling me, you're the guy, you're him. I know it. The spirit told me and I was like, okay, first of all, no. Second of all, you're listening to the wrong spirit because that is absolutely not true. I was like, no way, you're nuts. I know who I am. I'm not even close to being good enough to do that job because I'm not. I don't know why God chose me. He did choose me though. He said, I chose you before the foundation of the world, not because of who you are now. And a lot of the stuff in my life now is... um, I'm affected by the things that have happened in my life. And so I'm not exactly, um, I don't know, polished. (laughs) But anyway, so this guy who my aunt, and they would listen to my programs and they would even be on my program sometime because, you know, the radio show that nobody wants to call into now, they would call in and they would talk. We'd have conversations and Paul was the name of the guy and and he was sitting there on one of my episodes just listening as I was reading the stuff I was reading getting and like I'll read and then we'll have discussions about it if people call in or discussions about whatever theology or whatever you guys want to talk about when I do my radio shows like that used to be a thing that happened um especially in my old program the kingdom of god or nothing but anyway so he was sitting there on the couch and she was sitting at the counter in her house and they were like kind of neighbors, like they lived pretty close to each other in Clifton, Idaho. And my aunt said that she felt the spirit really strong, but it was weird because it wasn't like directly aimed at her, but she could feel it really strong. And she looked over And Paul was sitting back in the couch and his eyes got as white as saucers and he leaned forward with his jaw dropped. And my aunt was like, Paul, what just happened? And she told me that the spirit had just confirmed to him that I am exactly who I say that I am, that my witness is true that the experiences that I have had are true. And that was a mind revelation and a heart revelation because God speaks to your mind and to your heart with an increase of the fruit of the Spirit 
And sometimes it comes with a burning in the bosom or a burning. I, they say it's a burning in the bosom, but like the way I receive it, because I get it too, is that when I am speaking, especially in front of people and the spirit, the spirit of God is speaking through me, my whole body will feel like it's on fire. And I'll even get to the point where I turn red, not because I'm angry or anything like that. And there's some emotionalism that comes with that because I am homesick so bad. I just want to go home so bad, like home, heavenly home, not this earth. This is not my home. This is going to become my home when God brings heaven on earth and the kingdom of God on earth in its fullness. But I want to go home. So when I am feeling the spirit really strong, I get emotional because I want to go home so bad. But I can't. Um, Here's a little secret. I'll be a little bit vulnerable with you. The first time I vocalized that I wanted to commit suicide, I was nine years old. It was because of the severe extreme abuse that I had gone through and that I was continuing to go through from multiple different sources, but especially my stepdad. We were living in we were living in Okinawa, Japan. Yeah, on Kadena Air Force Base. And I was getting bullied at school. The teachers were bullying me. My dad was was beating the crap out of my stepdad was beating the crap out of me and doing torture type things to me, like burning me and, and just a bunch of different things. And I was just broken as a nine year old kid. I'm like, I look at my nine-year-old daughter, I can't even imagine doing anything like that to her. But that was happening to me. I did not try to commit suicide until I was 14. I didn't really know what I was doing. And obviously I was unsuccessful. When I was 19, I tried again. And I have scars to this day because of that night. Deep scars. I would have been dead if it wasn't for the fact that my friend had forgot his lunch and he had come home to get his lunch and he found me on a beanbag chair which was covered by plastic because I didn't want to make a huge mess. I just wanted to die. I wasn't trying to ruin anything. I just wanted to be dead. He found me. The ambulance got to me. Uh, The hospital saved me. I'm still here. I don't know how many times I've tried to commit suicide since then, but I do remember the major times. And my last attempt at suicide was... 
2011. I was supposed to get married on February 22, 2011. I was engaged to a girl. And, oh, that reminds me, I, I tried in 2006. Anyway, I, like I said, there's a bunch of times. But anyway, I hung myself three times, three different times, trying to, you know, off myself. I overdosed on tramadol, 5,000 milligrams of it. Like, I did a bunch of different things, and I realized that God is not going to allow me to die because I should have been dead. There's no reason. There's no natural reason for me to be here right now. Other than the fact that God had a mission for me to fulfill. That I was foreordained to fulfill. And that no one else could fulfill. Because of my level of ascension. Because of who I am as the witness of the Father and the Son. Like, I don't feel on par with them. I feel like a servant of them, even though they say that, you know, that, like, we're supposed to be equal or whatever. I have no idea why anybody would think that, other than through ignorance. But I guess they think that, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, but, um, but I am a witness, and I'm doing what God has asked me to do. And I'm trying to teach people about why they should be awake. They need to awaken to their awful situation. Yes, the Father and the Son live. I have seen them face to face. Yes, there is a gathering. This is the gathering time. Their fulfillment of prophecy is being fulfilled in our ears and in our eyes. And as we look around and we're in the world, there's things going on, which is the fulfillment of prophecy. But there's also Judas goats. And as you begin to wake up, you find these Judas goats and they are very charismatic. They know how to speak. They do a better job than I do. But in key points of doctrine, they will lead you astray. Absolutely. Like what I was talking about just a minute ago. They want you to take it to the Father and get revelation in your in your mind. And then take it back to the Father and ask for confirmation of revelation in your mind. Father, is this from me? Satan can say, yeah, it's from me. Satan can speak to you in your mind as well. He can also speak to you in your heart. But he doesn't have the authority or the power to have the fruit of the Spirit. How he speaks to you in your heart is the exact opposite of the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love and light and intelligence and peace, burning in the bosom. The exact opposite is the, the withdrawal of the Spirit and anxiety and depression and darkness and stupor of thought, which is the opposite of pure intelligence. Darkness, sadness, depression. That's why Utah has such a problem with depressed people. Why, why is that? Because there are, in key points of doctrine, they are being led astray and the Spirit was withdrawing from them. That, and they've been given so much more information 
entrusted, entrusted with so much more and they do not do anything about it, which means they're under greater condemnation. And it's sad. It is very sad and they don't know why and they and they treat their their problems through chemicals chemical pollutants through these um, depression medications which gives them a form of peace but it's not the spirit All right, I don't know why I need to go on that, but uh, we're at 39%, and I'll continue reading here. Not just the scientists, but also the doctors are converted to the slogan, Better Living Through Chemistry. We're on page 62. The final answer. Health does not begin or end with the doctor. His place is somewhere in between. He still has a place in our society, and we cannot deny that frequently he serves an important and crucial role. If doctors had not been a help to society, they could never have gained the power and influence that they have had. However, the ideal situation would be that each patient study true and reputable books on good health and nutrition and learn for himself if or when he needs a doctor, if or when he needs a doctor. The final responsibility rests with the individual patient, not the doctor. Doctors seldom believe in or advocate non-drug therapies and very few physicians know how to treat an ailment without uh, without drugs of some kind. Let me just say also, Satan has got us so distracted by so many things people just don't have the time some people do but so many people are so busy with so many other things sometimes they're necessary things like for me I very rarely watch television I do not have time I am too busy reading too busy taking care of my family too busy working too busy taking care of my livestock to be busy taking care of my home my I don't have time like if I sit down once a week and watch a movie like that's rare but a lot of people are distracted by stupid things like television shows that they binge watch and like news programs which I think are good to a point you know but a lot of a lot of it's propaganda and controlled uh, controlled opposition. Like even the ones that you really like, they are controlled opposition and propaganda experts because they are keeping you distracted from other things that matter, eternal things. And a lot of people just don't have the time, or they don't make the time to really study. To really wake up. And that's the way it goes for the 99.999% of the masses. But I'm not talking to them. I'm talking to you. And if you're hearing this and I'm and there is a, a spiritual moving and learning, then you might be part of the remnant that God is looking for. 
that he has me looking for. Anyway, continuing on, since they have little faith in the healing properties of correct eating habits and medicinal herbs, such classes are seldom taught in medical schools. Dr. Mendelssohn said doctors don't know enough about nutrition and lifestyle to really show a patient how to make a useful change. Maybe one doctor in 50 knows. Confessions of a Medical Heretic, page 46. Many patients believe that good sense dictates the avoidance of drugs when possible, but this creates a conflict with their doctors, so the patient must make a choice. Since they are paying big money for the doctor's services and advice, they feel compelled to do as he instructs. It is only when the doctor has given up on the terminally ill patient that some patients will turn to natural means as healing as a last resort. Dr. Mendelssohn observed, quote, non-drug healers are regarded as belonging to a different religious system and are thought of as quacks, nuts, or fattists. The religious restrictions are so stringent that doctors are discouraged from even associating with these infidels. We're on page 63 at 53%, if you're following along. The American Medical Association Code of Ethics says that medical doctors are not supposed to associate with cultists. They are not to talk to them, not to have them in their homes. Confessions of a Medical Heretic, page 47. Those who are concerned with nutrition are labeled fattest freaks, extremist radicals, and quacks. Occasionally, they are more correctly referred to as heretics, like heretics from a religion. Oriental medicine, on the other hand, recognizes and utilizes the importance of nutrition and health. If if you look at the Oriental religion, you'll find that it, too, regards foods as important to a person's spiritual welfare, but Western religion, namely Christianity, did exactly what modern medicine did. It substituted as an object of reverence a sacramental symbolic food in place of real food. Perhaps in their zeal to reject the Old Testament dietary laws, some of the early Christian leaders moved too far in the opposite direction and bypassed nutrition altogether. Meaning, I wouldn't have to worry about being kosher anymore because that was for those old guys back then, not for us now, right? There's no doubt that modern medicine took the hint and carried it to extremes. Obviously, as far as a person's health is concerned, what goes into the mouth is at least as important as what comes out. In fact, what goes in may determine some may determine what comes out. Yet, if anyone dares to claim that a person is what he or she eats, modern medicine regards them as a heretic or an intellectual weakling. Instead, the food with the sacred power is the drug, the man-made chemical coursing through your veins for better or for worse. To protect yourself from the from the pusher priest or your doctor, you again have to make the heretic's radical leap of unfaith. Don't trust your doctor. 
assume that if he prescribes a drug, it is dangerous. That's why you've got to study it out and go to the father and find out if this is something he wants you to do. There is no safe drug. Ellie Lilly himself once said that a drug without toxic effects is no drug at all. Every drug has to be approached with suspicion. And that is from the Medical Heretics book that we've been talking about, page 39. Most of these people could could more effectively lower their blood pressure through relaxation therapy, dietary life or lifestyle changes. <laughs> That's funny. I <clears throat> my blood pressure, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, before my pain got really bad, was like 110 over 70 or something like that, or 110 over 60 something, or even lower than that. Which I was like, oh, that's really low. Like that, like I should be scared. Yesterday it was like 130 over 90, and they told me it's because of the pain that I'm in all the time. that causes that to go up like that. So I'm really looking forward to the cortisol shot. I hope it works. Please pray for me. I'm so tired of being in pain. Oh. Anyway, in one study, relaxation therapy reduced blood pressure faster and further, farther than drug therapy. Similar studies have shown that weight loss, reduction of salt intake, vegetarian diet, and exercise can also lower blood pressure at least as effectively and certainly more safely than drug therapy. There's little doubt that many patients don't need to lower their blood pressure at all since as soon as they leave the danger zone of the doctor's office, their blood pressure returns to normal. And that's from Confessions of a Medical Heretic, page 32. Dr. Julie Whitaker wrote a book entitled Tomorrow's Medicine Today, exposing many medical frauds. Some of his... Okay, Julian, I guess that's a guy. Some of his main findings are worthy of consideration. Number one, good nutrition and and pure natural vitamins never hurt anyone. But the FDA forbids vitamin makers and health food stores to tell you about them. When they've tried, FDA stormtroopers have broken down their their doors, confiscated their products, and put them out of business. So like, do you ever see advertisements for for vitamins or herbal remedies on TV? Like, ever? No, but you'll see them for like big drug manufacturers where they tell you about the minor thing that they can cure and then they have to tell you about the 12,000 side effects that come along with it, which they speak so fast that you can't even hardly hear it, you know? They have to do that for some reason. Like, I, it's amazing that they have to do that still. But, you know, but you don't see vitamin 
and natural er herbal remedies being able to be, like, talked about or advertised. Number two, in a major study, Boston University researchers found that 36% of hospital admissions are caused by doctor doctors' blenders. So 36% of hospital admin, admissions are caused by the doctors screwing up. Number three, FDA or Food and Drug Administration approved drugs kill $140,000 uh, people per year. 140,000 people per year. Part of the reason for that is they're going to keep putting you on this stuff because they want your money. But number two, you're part of global warming and there's an overpopulation problem. And like I said, the Bill Gates Innovate to Zero conference, he was like all happy about like his new hobby. Like Bill Gates doesn't do computers anymore like he does he's got people taking care of that his new hobby is vaccinations and healthcare, which he hopes to help eliminate 10 to 15 percent of the world population because there's too many people on the earth and that's only the tip of the iceberg like each of these little minions of satan are trying to help further this because they want to get the population down to down to I think it's either 500 million or 650 million I can't remember exactly what it is but the Georgia Guidestones that just recently within the last year have been knocked down that was the Illuminati's calling card that their their Ten Commandments they have to notify the world in some way and they usually use like television shows and different things like people will be like oh the simpsons predicted that or like the dead zone tv show predicted that was going to happen and then it happens that's them telling you it's going to happen they use that a lot but then they, another way that they they notify you because it's in their rules i don't know why is the georgia guidestones to maintain a healthy population of 650 million people. It's a lot, of, a lot of people. It's a big world, but it's not 7 billion. So, so what is that? Like 6.4 billion people have to die in order to get to where they want it to be, or 6.5, or, or well, I guess I don't know, whatever. It, but it's like. A lot of people have to die and like they're going to use these drugs and pollutants in your foods and other ways to sterilize you and kill you and your family because they want you dead so that you do not contribute to global warming. And like whenever I see these woke people talking about global warming and they're all freaking out about it, like I just wonder why don't they do something about it, like sterilize themselves, like eliminate themselves as a problem if they're so serious about it. But no, they don't want them dead. They want you dead because they want to live just like you want to live. But they're on the other side of the program and they understand what the games are. The stakes are not the idiots that are woke that have been brainwashed. The people who are actually in control, they 
don't want to die. They want their families to go on. They want you dead because you are useless mouth breathers to them. Okay, Arius. I'm gonna do a rec- I'm doing a recording right now. Okay, everybody, say hi to Arius. Hi, Arius. Hi. Hi. That's my three-year-old. He just came down. He was watching um, cartoons on my bed in my bedroom while I'm downstairs in the living room doing the recording. So, anyway, you got to do what you got to do when you're a family man and you don't have time to like just be alone to do the things, these things. Especially, well, it's just the way it is. So, anyway, you know, I was thinking about it. This is another one of my tangents. Like, they were, I was listening to somebody talk about how wonderful John DeLynn is and how he's got 1,600 episodes up now and, like, he's been doing this since 2005. If it were not for the fact that my program, uh, my original program, The Kingdom of God or Nothing, got deleted... Like, they just completely wiped it out. My, a bunch of stuff. Um, and, like, you can go and, like, look that up on iTunes or whatever, and you can see that those episodes are there. But you can't listen to any of them because all of the audio has been deleted. Because, like, this information that I'm sharing with you, it offends people in high places, and they stop me from speaking. But anyway, so I started my first podcast in 2014, so nine years after John DeLynn, and we're looking at 600 episodes on this particular program, all between, the first ones were like 45 minutes long, but then I went up to three hours long, and now I'm down to like between one and a half to two hours usually. So like a lot of content... And I would be over, I think, around 1,100 episodes since I started podcasting. Of course, you can't, you can see them there if you go to look. But like, and I was just thinking, and that's not including all of the YouTube videos either, you know. So I'm like, wow, like, yeah, John DeLynn's been doing it for 15, 17 years. And you know what? I really liked his early podcast, his early programs, podcasts, whatever. Uh, not so much today, but I still listen to them because I think it's useful information, even though a lot of it is just, uh, I don't want to get into it. But I was just thinking, wow. And you know, he actually, in that top top 25 list that I found, I was number five on it. He's like number two or number one. Um, but I still beat out Radio Free Mormon, which I really like him, but he kind of snubbed me at the uh, Sunstone Conference. And then uh, Bill Real, which I can't stand that man I, at all. Like, I used to like him, but he has gotten so, in my opinion, jaded that it affects his performance. So he talks about fair and balanced, but he's just jaded. And I, I'm i sorry. I just, and one of the things I know I'm going off on tangents, it drives me insane that people who have had a strong spiritual confirmation of the spirit that Joseph Smith was a true prophet, they look at all of the crap that they read, all the anti-Mormon junk, and then they look at the behavior of the LDS church and they say, nope. 
Well, God told you, yeah, Joseph was a true prophet. I can never deny that testimony. Like, mine may have been stronger than other people's because I was completely healed from my drug addictions. And, like, I if you don't know that story, I can't, I'm not going to get into it here. But, like, it was huge back in 96. I can never deny what I have first, what God revealed to me about the prophet Joseph Smith. But then I can't deny the other things that God has revealed to me after that either. And, and you know, it comes, it's interesting because I actually was an anti-Mormon Baptist and knew more anti-Mormon junk before my conversion than most people, than most people who become members know or that are members know. And because of that, um, because I found out through that confirmation of the spirit and the miracle that happened that Joseph Smith was a true prophet, I was insulated or inoculated or whatever against the anti-Mormon junk and I served my mission in Georgia so and I would study the anti-Mormon stuff and then ask God and get revelation and try to understand things so I would accept some of the premises of anti-Mormon whatever like stuff they try to use to get people out of the church like the early stuff like I know that some of that stuff is true But I also know that there's a lot of lies concerning Joseph Smith and Brigham Young and from and that's from both without the church and within the church. There's so many lies. But nevertheless, I know that Joseph Smith was a true prophet. I cannot ever deny that testimony. I know that he was a true prophet like I know that God lives because I have seen him face to face. But people who have had a strong confirmation of the spirit and then they they leave it because they think all the stuff that they're reading is true. All of this slander and these lies are true and they walk away from the truth and they become huge anti-Mormons when they should be anti-LDS like the church because the church was rejected back in Nauvoo and the church has gone off the path. But they want to throw the church out and Brigham Young and Joseph Smith and everybody else and everything else out. And it makes me sad because they are actively denying the witness of the Holy Spirit that they had received. And people like Bill Rill are so jaded. But he claims to, you know, he he was deceived. He is deceived by God. Of course, he doesn't believe in God or the devil or anything else. And guess what I can tell you? I can tell you the devil exists because I've seen him both in vision and in person as well. It's part of the thing about being a prophet. Uh, Like, I am enemy number one on the earth right now. Because of my position of authority and my witness. So you better believe I've seen demons and I've seen things that are above demons i've seen arch devils and devils and satan himself the one who is known as lucifer which i am glad that most of you haven't but you know what you become when you become a threat to the devil's kingdom he comes after you hard hard and he uses weak-minded individuals to come after you and that's happened to me my whole life even before i knew who i was he knew who i was 
but so did God. I had no idea. Nobody knew. Anyway, nobody mortal knew anyway. All right, so anyway, the FDA approved drugs kill 140,000 people per... And this is back in the the 80s. These statistics were back in the 80s. Anyway, that's seven times more than die from heroin, crack, and all other illegal drugs put together. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. So my three-year-old son just grabbed a big bag of chips and walked past me in the living room and I was reading and I looked up and he's walking past me and he goes up to go up the stairs and take the chips into my bed and watch cartoons up on my bed and my wife hates it when I eat in bed let alone the three-year-old or anybody else because then there's crumbs I know there's no cheese on it you can have those if you want those, but we won't put any cheese on it because cheese makes your belly hurt, okay? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Even better cheese, too. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I really wish we could have nachos. Yeah, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna finish this recording, okay? Um, We're at 77%, so I have just a little bit longer to go, maybe 20 or 30 minutes. All right. And millions of people are living with unpleasant, even dangerous side effects. Number four, even doctors admit that 900,000 unnecessary antigrams are done every year in the United States alone. And 4,500 people die needlessly as a result. Number five, each year, two million patients pick up hospital infections that they didn't have before they were admitted. Of those, about 60,000 die from the infection. And that these are old numbers. The best kept secret in modern medicine, there is a better way. It doesn't make any sense to turn your life over to the doctors, the druggists, the pharmacists, the hospitals, the insurance companies, etc., and we're on page 65 at 81%, especially when it's so easy to get healthy and stay away, stay that way using natural therapy, therapies nature intended for you. And that is a long quote. That's two pages, and that's from uh, Tomorrow's Medicine Today, pages 14 and 15. Dr. Whitaker has studied and compared natural health foods and medical drugs and has come to the same conclusion that many people in America are discovering natural, good natural foods and herbs and that that is the best and the safest way to cure sicknesses and diseases. Hold on. Okay. Thousands of good books have been written with valid testimonies to prove this point. One should learn to distinguish between the good and the bad services and information provided by the doctors. They should be recognized as vitally important and even life-saving in the ABCs of medicine, which are, number one, accidents and amputations, number two, broken bones, number three, cuts cuts requiring stitches, However, when it comes down to prescription drugs, surgeries, medical procedures, etc., the patient should be very cautious and possibly consider alternative methods. 
Read again the word of wisdom in section 89 of the Doctrine and Covenants, which was given by the Lord in consequence of evils and designs which do and will exist in the hearts of conspiring men in the last days. Doctrine and Covenants, section 89, verse 4. Some of these conspiring men have been identified in this Dr. Craft section. In the last analyst, and um, the best prescription we can follow is that is that issued by the great physician himself. All right, we're on page 66 and we're at 92%, so we're almost done. Prescription name, every righteous saint, age, any, address, Zion, date, today, and whosoever among you are sick and have not faith to be healed, but believe shall be nourished with all tenderness, with herbs, this is the Doctrine and Covenants. This is a commandment from God. And mild food, and that not by the hand of an enemy. So, uh, I'm guilty. Okay. And the elders of the church, two or more, shall be called and shall pray for and lay their hands upon them in my name. And if they die, they shall die unto me. And if they live, they shall live unto me. Doctrine and Covenants, section Hold on. Getting a call on my other phone here. Doctrine and Covenants, section 42, verses 43 through 44. And again, verily I say unto you, and again, verily I say unto you, all wholesome herbs God hath ordained for the constitution, nature, and use of man. Every herb in the season thereof and every fruit in the season thereof, all these to be used with prudence and thanksgiving. Doctrine and Covenants, section 89, verses 10 and 11. And like, real real quick, part of the reason God gave me these 10 acres, that there's a pond on my property as well. Like, there's enough room for a Zion garden, there's enough room. There's a section for livestock. There's a, there is a section for more livestock and for buildings. There is a pond on my property, and there is water that that pond, it, it's groundwater. That There's a big ditch, and there's water down there, and there's no source other than groundwater that keeps that pond there like we have the opportunity on this property here this 10 acres that god has given me to have a zion garden i only have five shares of water because the people that we bought it from they were supposed to give us 26 shares and they didn't because they figured they could lease it to the power company and get money for it like i think four thousand dollars a year or something like that i don't know what it is but but like they didn't make that part of the they that was supposed to be part of the agreement so i got to get water but but i have a friend who is building these greenhouses and he says five five uh, five shares of water is more than enough to feed a lot of people through these greenhouses that he is learning how to build that god is giving him the information for you know so like there is a place for 
us to have all of these things and have our needs met on this property, then there's even uh, acreage across the street which people could build um, if if they if somebody would buy it. I can't afford to right now, but um, there's 200 acres across the street from me where buildings could be built where we could have a community. Rio Grande owns it and they want to sell it as one one lot of 100 acres a piece. So there's two lots of 100 acres that that has power that's running right by it that has um, everything that is needed for a community to be built but people have to come. People have to actually take my warning seriously, and nobody does. And maybe there might be a time where God is saying, okay, yeah, go, but, but well, just hold up a minute because there's some things that are going to happen. And I don't know what God's plan is completely. He tells me, he gives me his marching orders. I don't see the full picture. He does. But this is where he's put me. This is where he's told me to gather people and to sprinkle the nations with my word through these programs, which is a direct fulfillment of, Dan, of not Daniel, um, Isaiah chapter 49. Like, <laughs> I know it all sounds so outlandish and so impossible, but... Prophecy is being fulfilled in your ears today as you listen to these things. Anyway, um, refill uh, PRN. I don't know what that means. As often as needed, the great physician MD. And to all those that follow this prescription, the Lord gives the promise that they that the destroying angel shall pass by them as the children of Israel and not slay them. Doctrine and Covenants, section 89, verse 21. So, anyway, that is another one of the programs that was completely erased from Blog Talk Radio and from the podcasts. And uh, I'm going to replace it today, and hopefully I can fly under the radar and keep it from being eliminated again. If not, if I do find out that my po- uh, a podcast that I've redone has been eliminated again, then I'll make another one and I'll just be like, look, they keep on deleting this stuff, but you can go read it for yourself. And here's the, the links to the information, which are already <clears throat> like they're still there, but they're not there. Like I'm going to republish them, but the audio was completely glitched or taken out or whatever because this information is so important and they do not want you to know these things so anyway that's the end of it and uh, I will get this uploaded right away and then I will go through the list and try to get all of the links and the titles to um, to this book into one big uh copy and paste so I can put it on my Facebook and all of that so that people know about it. So anyway, thank you so much for listening to this program. Take care, everyone. God bless and goodbye.